I am Emily Lyons. In 2011, without a high school degree and with no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. Since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be utterly lifted and shifted by these people too. All inspiring people are inspired people, so get ready to be inspired. In this episode, I'm joined by the absolutely incredible Sarah Franklin. Talk about a boss lady. She is the president and CMO of Salesforce, which is a billion-dollar company with over 70,000 employees. (laughs) But her journey has been far from easy. At one point, she was fired. She was turned down from multiple jobs, but she persevered. She is sharing some incredible pearls of wisdom and some serious inspiration. I hope you loved this episode as much as I loved recording it. I'm so glad you could join me today, Sarah. Welcome. And for those who don't know you, who is Sarah Franklin? That's a big question. Who is Sarah Franklin? So I am presently the president and chief marketing officer at Salesforce. And I'm also a mother of two daughters. And I am just regular person that loves to run and just do regular things. But I also love my job and helping do great things with the company. Oh my gosh, you are so humble. (laughs) So obviously you've achieved pretty phenomenal success. Did you come from a family of entrepreneurs or of former CEOs or what was your upbringing like? So my upbringing was very regular, very humble. There's no entrepreneurs, no CEOs, no fancy people in my lineage, but great people. And, you know, my mother was a single mom when I was young and she's a teacher. And I am so blessed to have been raised in a way where my mom was a teacher and she contributed to the community and she was always helpful And she taught me great lessons. She taught me, you know, she taught me to work hard. She taught me to be a good person. She taught me to listen. And, you know, that's why I was raised. I was was raised in in Virginia. And I live in California now, two very different places, but still have the Southern roots in me. And I'm very blessed to have been raised by my mother. Aw, I love that. And, you know, I think that you have something that is the biggest key to success for anybody. And something that I love and I love to talk about and that's resilience. You know, I watched a video with you where you were talking about how 24 years ago you applied to 14 different companies and they all said no, but instead of giving up, (laughs) you use that as your biggest motivator. Yes, it is motivation. Like if you want to motivate me, tell me that you don't think I can do something. (laughs) Tell me no. And I'm going to figure out a way how to make it happen. And that is a true story that I went to school, as I shared, you know, I didn't have lots of big connections in my world. So when I went to college and I got an engineering degree, I wanted, you know, to get a, you know, an internship and a job out of college. And, you know, it turned out that, you know, it was hard to get a job at that time. It was a very different work environment. And without connections, you know, what do you do? And, that was when you you sent applications in via mail, you know, and 
and they send you letters back. And I, I applied to, you know, dozens of companies and they all wrote me back and they told me like, I'm sorry, you don't meet our qualifications. I'm sorry, you're not what we're looking for. And, you know, I just didn't let it get me down. And that, you know, that's resilience that we need all in our daily lives, no matter whether it's applying for a job or whether you're trying to do something at home or anything you're doing. And I ended up, you know, finding a way. And finally, when somebody said yes, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to prove them all wrong. And I'm going to prove them that they should have hired me, you know? And I look back and, you know, maybe they regret it. I don't know. (laughs) It turned out okay. That feeling though of rejection, the failures, the no's, it can be hard and disheartening. How do you think that you use them as a motivator instead of allowing them to kind of hold you back or discourage you? Yeah, rejection sucks. <laughs> you know, it's like, gosh, it hurts. You know, whether it's like you get, you know, turned down for a job, like whether you get, you know, dumped in a relationship or whether, you know, you fail at something that you're trying to do. I mean, it's, rejection is hard and it, it's a part of daily life, you know. And I think of everything we do, you know, like if you're trying to do something for the first time, I mean, if we're rarely successful, I I can't remember anything I tried to do the first time that I was successful at, you know, as growing up, actually, an unknown fact about me, kind of a tidbit is like I twirled the baton for like, I don't know, 12 or 13 years. Yeah. And and so it's like the first time I twirled the baton, like I didn't know how to do it, obviously, but it's something that over time you learn. And, you know, the first time you throw it in the air, you drop it, you know, you have to just pick it up and keep trying, keep trying until, until you get it right. And I think that's the mentality that you have to have. And my mother taught me this A little saying was, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And you have to know that, like, as long as you're trying your hardest, if somebody tells you no, like you just keep trying and you learn and you just keep going, but you can't let yourself get down. You know, you can't let yourself get wrapped up in the rejection. And you have to just keep learning and keep going and have that confidence from within. And as long as you're bringing your best self, as long as you're trying hard, like don't be down, you know, and that little imposter birdie, which gets on your shoulder and tries to tell you like, you don't deserve this and you suck. And you you know, they told you no, cause that's, you know, you don't deserve it. Like you got to just like say no to that. Reject the rejection, right? I love that. <laughs> that's what you got to do. <laughs> Reject the rejection. Yeah. You know, tell them like, I'm sorry. No, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. Right. And now you are the president and CMO of Salesforce, a massive company. What was your journey yeah. like? How, what did you start there as? Yeah. So I started at Salesforce as a product marketer. I started my career in engineering and went from developer to sales engineer to technical marketer to, you know, into product marketing. And I started at Salesforce as an individual contributor. You know, I was 13 years ago, joined this company, which I thought at the time I was joining a big company. <laughs> it was, I don't know, maybe 1,500 people. Now it's 70,000. Wow. Um, I know. It's been crazy. I can't believe it. And, you know, I started as an individual contributor and you know, worked my way up from, you know, to manager, senior manager, director, senior director, vice president, senior vice president, executive vice president, now president. And it's been an incredible journey. And I attribute so much. I just want to say how grateful I am for the opportunity Salesforce has given me 
and the mentorship that's provided me, you know, Mark Benioff, Brett Taylor, Parker Harris, Amy Weaver, Brian Millam, everybody there is just, I've just been so fortunate to work with the best and the best and have the mentorship there to grow. Hmm, that's incredible. What do you think has been the key to your success? That is an interesting question. I think the key to my success, and this is a story I tell people that might not know me well, might not know that during the middle of my career at Salesforce, I actually took what I call a brief paid hiatus. I went to work at Amazon Web Services for a few months and I came back to Salesforce very quickly. It's something that we call a boomerang internally at Salesforce. And I actually left Salesforce because I had been a little bit stuck. You know, like earlier in the career, I was mentioned individual contributor, gotten a promotion or so. And I was like really focused on my path because my mother was a teacher. I, you know, humble beginnings. I had like monetary goals. I was like, I want to make money, right? And that's what I want to do because I want to give my kids like more opportunity than I had growing up. And that was my motivation. And I was like, I want a promotion. I want title. I want me to get stuff. I want my career to do things. And you know, I was doing a good job, but like, I wasn't like, you know, executive level. And I was like, okay, whatever, I'm going to go somewhere else. And then when I went somewhere else, you know, I just, it was, I had to be in Seattle instead of being in San Francisco. I, you know, had young children. I wasn't really wanting to commute. And, and then one day I saw George Hu on the street who was in at Salesforce still. And he was like, when are you coming back? And I was like, I, I didn't know I could. And so serendipitously, I was back in, in a little bit. And I felt like I was back home. And I share that story as a long-winded a bit. To, I am going to answer your question, which is I came back with a sense of purpose, which was I wanted to... I loved what people did with our Salesforce technology and I loved how it impacted their lives. And I loved those stories. And I came back and I stopped focusing on my, on me. And I started focusing on others. And I leaned into my passion and I leaned into my purpose. And my purpose was to shine a light on the success of other people with our technology. And I did that, you know, and we started something which we call our awesome admins. And then we thought like, how do we skill people up at scale and empower people from all walks of life, no matter who you are, to learn incredible skills that lead to great careers. And the concept of Trailhead, which is our free online learning platform, was born with an incredible team. And the idea of Trailblazers was born. Mm-hmm. And then I just started leaning into my passion and my purpose. And like I was shining the light on people that were doing incredible things in their lives. And all of a sudden, people are like, hey, we want to promote you, do more. And I'm like, well, what? I didn't even ask for that. <laughs> you know? And then that was, so I'd say the key to my success and like what drove me on then, I was going on from a you know, kind of linear career progression into an exponential career progression because I leaned into my passion and my purpose. And I really went all in on shining the light on others. And that, I think, is the key to true success is to look around you and shine the light on other people and focus on making other people successful. Yes, I love that. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) I love that. What a fantastic answer and leaning into your purpose. So I know that you're in tech and you're often the only female on the team. (laughs) Does that bother you? Yeah, sadly, I don't like that. Oh, yeah. 
oh my gosh, it, oh, I, I don't like that. But you know, that, that's just a reality right now. It's reality that half our population is female, but it's not represented in the tech industry. And you know what, that's something we got to change. And we're working on changing it every day. Part of, I just mentioned Trailhead, our free online learning platform, is a way to provide pathways into this, you know, very lucrative, very wonderful industry in, in tech. And, you know, one of the problems is like, you know, the pictures that we paint of developers and technical people are men in hoodies, you know, mm-hmm. that are gamers and, and such. And I mean, that's just not who you have to be, right? You don't have to have a computer science degree. You don't have to be a guy. You don't have to be white. You don't have to be affluent. You don't have to be any of those things. You know, it turns out you don't need a computer science degree to be a developer. You don't need to live in San Francisco to work in technology. Like you can live anywhere. You can be from any background. You can be any race, any gender, any sexual orientation, you know, any level of ability. And if you work hard, And if you're willing to learn, like the pathways are there. And so what we have to do is we have to like empower people to think like, wow, I see myself in that career pathway. Mm -hmm. I think about my oldest daughter who's 17 and, you know, she loves doing puzzles. She likes talking with her friends. She likes photography. She likes decorating her wall and doing things like that. And she doesn't know, like, we're not telling her like, oh, hey, Those are the skills that like user experience designers have, right? Those are skills that developers have. Mm -hmm. It's just like a different type of artistry. And so we need to paint those pathways and show those pictures and help people understand instead of just like making it look like some unattainable thing that you can't see yourself in. And by doing that, you know, we've seen incredible success. People are like, wow, I see myself in it. Oh, wow, I can do that. And in their Salesforce developer ecosystem, you know, we see a different trend. We see way more females. We see way more people from different backgrounds, different races, different walks of life. And, you know, that's what we have to do. And that's what we have. When I look at my two daughters in the face, you know, I was like every day, I'm like, okay, we're going to make this future better for you. So you are both going to get paid equally for equal work and you're going to have opportunities to do anything that you want. I ask my daughters every day, I have a little affirmations. I say, who's smart, who's brave, who's strong, and who's healthy? And they're supposed to, their answer is supposed to be me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when they talk about themselves, you know, and then I ask them who can be anything they dream and ask them what they want to be. And that's what we have to do to our young generation is just really empower them to believe that they can be anything. And that's how we'll change the ratios in tech. I love that. I think that was one of the best things my mom did for me when I was growing up is she always told us you can be anything you want to be. And she'd say, I don't care whatever you want to be as long as you're happy and you're healthy, but you can be anything. It was And it, look at it, you. It's like kind you're, of ingrained you're in my subconscious. <laughs> yeah. Even though I didn't think I believed it at deep down, it was it was ingrained in there. And we have to do it because women are just we're raised differently. Like, mm-hmm. you know, society grooms us differently. And no matter how much your parents put in you, you know, you walk out the door and society, you know, paints women on magazine covers very differently than how we look in real life. Society treats us differently. They have different expectations from us. You know, like I travel a lot for work 
And people are like, oh, like you're a mother and like you leave your children. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so does their father. <laughs> you know? And it's fine. There's strong, independent women and they see that, you know, mama, you know, has work to do. And then there's more people around them to love them, you know, when I'm not there. So anyway. Well, it was interesting. A friend of mine the other day was saying that often if she's, you know, out working or things like that, people will say to her, oh, is is her husband, is he babysitting tonight? And she'll say, no, he's fathering. (laughs) Like Nobody (laughs) would say that on the other side if the dad was out, you know, oh, is is mom babysitting tonight? (laughs) No, mom is just at home being a mom. And dad is just at home being a dad. Yeah. It's funny, these subtle, you know, unconscious biases that we have are really fascinating when you look at it. And there's so much work that we have to do to conquer the systemic unconscious bias in the world, especially to the roles that women play in society and in Mm -hmm. in the workplace. Mm A hundred percent. Do you find it difficult to balance mom life? No, I find it difficult to balance life. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I bring my kids to a lot of stuff and I am, I surround myself with people that will help. You know, I think part of my upbringing, you know, when my mother was a single mom and I was a single mom for a period of time too, it teaches you a level of, you know, I don't know the right word, but like willingness to just ask for help because you just don't really have any other options. You know, mm-hmm. I remember early in my career, I was a single mom, um, at my early in my career at Salesforce. And, you know, we had launches that we had to come into the office on the weekends to work. And I was just like, well, you know, kids are coming with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just have to show up and you just have to be like, this is who I am, you know, take it or leave it. And I think that's something that we just have to do that more. It's like, you know, kids are a part of your life. And so you need to bring them around. And if you have obligations, you need help. And you just have to trust that in the end, it's all going to work out. And you have to know that your kids are going to be fine. I have friends that ask me that, you know, they've mothers that have maybe left the workforce for a little bit that are looking to come back in. and they're like, well, are my children going to be upset that I rest them? I was like, no, they're going to be proud of what you do. And they're going to have more people around them to love them, you know, because you're going to have great caregivers and they're going to look up at you. You know, the other day I was incredibly humbled and honored. I was recognized as one of Forbes most influential CMOs. And my daughter surprised me with this like special thing and you know my 17 year old she made me this letter and it made me cry and she told me how she wanted to be like a badass mama just like me you know and I know and it's like I have I have it framed on my desk and you know it's like you know sometimes we'll fight and she'll be like well well, you weren't there for me and I'm like okay Michaela you know I get it (laughs) you know you can throw that dagger but in the end like I love that they see role models, you know, and they, it influences them. So I think you have to find time and I just keep it fluid. A lot of people, people have different strategies that work for them. You need to do the strategy that works for you as a working mother. But for me, my strategy is to just keep things pretty fluid and trust that it's all going to work out in the end. Mm -hmm. I think last year with everybody working from home, 
and being on Zoom, they really got a, a glimpse into everybody's life and saw that really business and personal isn't separate. They're quite often fluid. And that old adage where you need to leave your personal life at the door doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. If there's a silver lining, you know, like I love finding silver linings and that is one of them that, you know, we all were forced to bring our authentic selves to work because <laughs> there was, there was no ability to hide it. You know, you're like, okay, yep. That's my bedroom. <laughs> you can see it. That's my dog and jumping on my lap. <laughs> that's my dog. And that's my kid having a tantrum and yep, that's how it is. <laughs> And, you know, it made us probably all a little bit more empathetic and a little bit more grounded in what it is to, you know, just be a person and realize, like, you don't need to put up the facades and people relate to you better, you know, when, when you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. I've been through that, too. You know, it's really important. And then you'll also get help, you know, from places that you wouldn't expect because when you bring your authentic self, people help. And it's not just mothering, it's also things that you're going through, whether it's anxiety, whether it's stress, whether it's, you know, financial worries, or whether it's health worries, you know, for all kinds of things, you know, we have to put our health and our families and our our personal safety, like, that's first, it's like your oxygen mask, you know, you got to be healthy, or else you're not going to be able to, you know, do anything else well. A hundred percent. I talk about that often with, with my team and with my friends is that, you know, the healthier you are and all of that, you know, your personal life and how you take care of yourself first and foremost is going to predict, you know, your, how you produce in business. It's going to, you know, your, how the quality of the work is and how and when and all of it. So yeah, absolutely agree. A hundred percent. Like I, it's why, you know, things like for me running is my like, it's my stress reliever and this and that. And I don't care that, you know, how much has to be done. You know, I'm like, okay, I don't care if the dishes need to be done or whatever. Like I, I need this time. I need to go run and exercise. And so you just, you have to prioritize things that are going to make you healthy. And also too, like, I just, I don't want to work myself into the grave. I don't want to be the, the richest person in the graveyard. <laughs> oh God, no. Like, you know, you, you don't get buried with your money. It's not like, you know, we're not like Egyptian pharaohs or anything. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, it's, it's money doesn't buy happiness. I mean, some of the most unhappy people in the world are the richest people because, you know, like true happiness is not something you can buy. And we all have on this world, normalizer that we all have is fixed amount of time. We all have fixed amount of time on this planet. And every day, each of us has, you know, 24 hours in it. How are you going to spend that time? What are you going to do? I love my work. And that's why I work hard because I love it. And I have passion for it. And I have purpose Mm -hmm. in it. And I just, you know, I show up every day and I'm learning. I'm having fun. I'm making the most of it. You know, yeah, I, I make a paycheck, which is important. And I want to provide for my family, but, you know, we all have one life to live and we have to make it a life that's worth living. We have to make an impact, however small, however big in your community, locally, globally, whatever it is, you know, find the purpose and then, you know, do that. And yeah, you don't want to work yourself to the grave. You know, you got to smell those roses, you know, you got to breathe the air and just, we have to enjoy life because life is fleeting and it's the one precious thing that you'll, you don't get a do-over on life. Absolutely. 
I love that. And I think that's really what life is all about is finding your passion and living it. And that sounds like what you've done. And that's when you see the biggest success, both professionally and personally. 100%, 100%. You know, also last year, marketing <laughs> was really flipped on its head last year and a half. And what do you think has, has changed and what do you think businesses should be doing right now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you said it well. It flipped on its head. I mean, what has not changed, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. What has not changed? It was crazy town. We in marketing, you know, used to be running around planning events, you know, making signage, doing concerts, you know, doing all kinds of meeting customers, doing dinners, having, you know, all tours. And then that just stopped. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, wait, what? But we have plans, we have things to do. Like, nope, not happening. You know, in marketing, you had to still connect with customers. You still had to sell products. You still had to keep your businesses running. You still had to do all of that. And marketing turned out like had never became more important than ever because how you stay connected with people and your customers and partners and communities and how you had a message and how you got information out, like you no longer could see people to tell them stuff. You had to reach them with digital marketing, with your digital websites, with your emails and, you know, Zooms and, and all that stuff. And so completely had to change and we, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and, and you know, marketing, you know, turned around and innovated last year and this year. And it has been an incredible time to be a marketer. And it's important because every CEO of every business is looking to their CMO and saying, how do we get through this? How do we get back to growth? How do we, how? And you can't be like, well, no, <laughs> you know, you have to like have an answer, but the reality is you're like, I don't know. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. every marketer has been like, you know, we got to figure this out. And, you know, at Salesforce, that's what we've been doing is we've been, you know, doing investing in digital, investing in technology and leaning into science and technology to help navigate us through this, you know, and now we're at a different place where technology and science can help us be together safely, but it's still a different world. You know, people have digital fatigue of like being on Zooms all the time. So mediums like this, like podcasts and such is is great because, you know, people can tune in asynchronously. Like they can be, you know, going on a walk for the dog and like tuning in and listening and learning at the same time. And it's a really interesting way that this is a time that we have a once in a lifetime opportunity to reimagine everything about how and where we work and how we market. And that is the world we're in right now. And I'm proud to be at Salesforce where we are you know, innovating through this and, and doing it in a way that's bringing our communities together, that's helping our small businesses, that's helping our communities, that's helping people fight COVID, that's helping people embrace and learn how to build a sustainable world because we're facing climate change, you know, and, and how we can build a more equal world as we face all the societal, you know, crisis and racial injustice that's in this world. And so marketing has never been more important because it is the time to do all that in, the, in this all digital, you know, work anywhere world. 
I love that. You are so brilliant. You really are. (laughs) You're so kind. You're so kind. I need to talk to you every morning at 8 a.m. This makes me feel good. We'll do your affirmations. I need your brilliant as an affirmation. I want that every day. Now, how can we support you? How can we support your initiatives? How can the community help with all of what you are doing? It's a great question. And we have a a little philosophy, which we call FAM, which is be a multiplier. And what that is, is like, when you're thinking of yourself as like one person, you're like, okay, well, what can I really do? What can I impact? I'm just one person, right? And how can I spark a movement? How can I participate in something that's bigger than myself? How can I change the ratios in tech? I'm just one person. Well, turns out that one person, if you just like talk to like 10 people, 10 people that you know, whether it's your colleagues, people in your book club, people at your gym, people at your church, people that you know, live down the street from you, you know, people in the grocery store. My mom used to do all that. She used to always talk to people in the grocery store. She used to drive me bananas. <laughs> she was that teacher that people would come back like 20 years later and they'd be like, Miss Sally, you changed my life. And I was like, oh God, oh that's another 30 minutes in the grocery. We're going to be. <laughs> but here's the thing, like, if you just do that, and if you tell people like, hey, like, you know, you want to learn this skill or you want to do this thing, let's do that together. Here's this place. You can go to child.com and do that. Like, if you do that, and if those people do it again, and if that happens just 10 times in a row, we get to like millions of people, right? And that is stuff that changes ratios in tech. When you get millions of people, and it can start with just one person saying, that I want to be a multiplier and I want to take this message out and I want to help people. And that's what I would ask of the community is just like have one conversation, have 10 conversations and have that conversation say like, you know, what are you going to do today to help? And that is so powerful when you think of what we can do. And I think of like changing the ratios in tech, it starts with like people saying, well, you know what, I might want to be in tech or, or I know a friend that might want to be in tech and I want to provide them the pathway, tell them how they can do it. And that's a very simple thing that I think everybody can do. And then also just plug for small businesses. I just think that we need to do a lot locally and help our communities and help our small and local businesses these days because we're trying to get back at it get everybody energized and out there and going. And and I think we all need to do our part. Oh, I totally agree. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. This was so inspiring and motivational. And I know everybody's going to love it and get so much out of it. Well, thank you. And have a wonderful day and a wonderful just weekend and year. And let's, you know, let's finish up this year. Awesome. And just make the most of the time we have. Absolutely. hundred percent. 